0: Welcome to this week's uh, photographic life. I'm not trying to make people happy. I'm trying to do an excellent job telling the stories that I think are important. That's all I can do. Rachel Maddow the presenter and journalist on MSNBC in America um, said that about what she does and um, I think I kind of I kind of agree with kind of where I'm coming to with everything we do with this podcast from that perspective. Last week, um, as I'd mentioned in the previous podcast, um, I took a week out to um, go and sit up in a mountain in the northwest um, island of Mallorca, a place where I'd lived for a while, um, to kind of focus really on on a book that I'm trying to write. And also, um, I did a little bit of unexpected research into a fantastic photographer from the island at the beginning of the last century. But anyway... Uh, primarily books, and um, I tried to keep away from as much uh, as many distractions as possible. However, not easy with what was going on politically in both uh, the UK and the US. What I did um, see and um, what caught my eye were a number of comments concerning photo book publishing, independent photo book publishing, and the whole scene in general. And it's, um, it's an area, I suppose, because I've spent a, a lot of my life working in publishing, that I've written quite a lot about. And if you uh, are checking out this podcast or go and check out this podcast at uh, com, you'll see a couple of links there to articles that I've previously written uh, and also interviews uh, with publishers um, that you might find interesting. But anyway... Um, I put out there uh, a few kind of comments about book publishing and there was a general feeling, I I think, that people wanted me to to address and talk about it. So what I've decided to do is this week and probably next week and maybe the week after, I don't know, maybe this will run through the summer. It's going to be a kind of like a a series of um, podcasts um, where we're focusing primarily um, on photo book publishing. And what I want to start on, going forward sort of starting at the beginning really the foundation of this is a little bit of history and I'm going to take it from my personal perspective because I think it will then um, help you understand perhaps where I'm coming to from uh, coming from to this so I started working in photo books um, illustrated books designing them Art directing, photo editing them um, in the late nineteen eighties, and um, that kind of progressed. And I worked with a number of photographers through the the nineteen nineties on different books. And because I was starting to understand, what well, I understood how publishing worked, and these photographers were asking me to edit down their work and uh, create these books for them. I started to be kind of like a middleman, and so photographers were coming to me and saying. I want to do a book how do I do it how can you talk to a publisher for me and I started to do that um i suppose really the first time where that role became where I was kind of editor come uh, art director come designer and putting the project together as a, as a package to take to a publisher was with a book a uh, series of books um photography in the 1960s in New York, Paris, London, and San Francisco. I'm sure you can get them now very cheaply on um, eBay or perhaps even Amazon. They're really worth uh, checking out some fantastic work in there. But anyway, um, so I designed the books and it was all fine. And um, then I found myself in a situation whereby, um, working with a great photo editor, the marketing department wanted to do the covers and they wanted to design the covers and the ideas they had were incredibly cheesy and just horrible. We managed to fight that battle and we managed to win. And Sort of fast forward to 2006 and so five years later and I was working with uh, the publisher Thames and Hudson on a book project which I had instigated. It's completely my idea. I went there with that project to talk to them and they agreed to do the book they agreed to fund the book um, for a, a, an amount of money I think it was fifteen thousand pounds which they agreed to pay and that payment had to pay for all my film and processing in those days it was all shot on Hasselblad medium format in color and also they had to uh, that money had to cover my flights and my hotel bills in San Francisco Sao Paulo um, New York Uh, Frankfurt, Barcelona. So you can imagine that £15,000 didn't go very far. Anyway, when we came to actually pull the book together, I got a really great designer um, to work on the book. And um, then it came to the cover and the title of the book. And the marketing department stepped in and they changed both. And I've never liked the cover of that book. um, And I've never liked the title of that book. But it was very much informed by what the marketing department felt. I'm going to be quite honest about this as well. I think at this point, what I'm talking about is working with big publishers. And the idea was that we were going to get great distribution and great marketing out of that. We did get some good marketing. Um, The book was featured in all the main Sunday supplements over a number of pages. But I made all those calls. When it came to a launch party, I found the sponsor for Drink, and I found the um, the location. Publisher didn't do anything on the things that I kind of wanted them to do. The book was a success, but it kind of left a little kind of bitter taste in my mouth, really. Anyway, over the last few years, I've written books, and um, similar situations occur. The only difference now is I've ended up having to design the cover of all of my books, because the designers who were being employed were not necessarily working at the highest level to create something when you're putting a lot of uh, heart and work into it. It felt as if it was just being templated and, and thrown out there. By now, the royalties have got down to very small amounts. An 80,000-word book, the royalty probably around 400 pounds. It's not a lot of money for an awful lot of work, especially when you find yourself having to step in and oversee design and so forth. So those are my experiences, and that's kind of where we are, I think, with the major publishers. Why go with a major publisher for your big project? Well, because of the distribution and because of the marketing power and connections that that publisher should have. I think the problem is that that's not what you're going to get which then leads us to this idea of pay to play. There are a lot of publishers out there now who are expecting photographers to pay for their book to be published, to make a contribution, shall we say. I was talking to a photographer recently, a very good friend, and he was saying to me how his gallery wants him to produce a book of his work, and absolutely he should. It's great work. But they want 15000 uh, pounds to, um, to do the book. And he doesn't have that money. Um, and the reason why they want £15,000 is because they want their designer. They want to produce this book, their printer. They're going to control the whole thing. But they're not a publisher. They've never produced a book before. So they're not going to have a distribution network. They're not going to understand co-editions and so forth. And that, for me, is a problem. And I've heard stories, and I saw stories over the last week about uh, books being, um, or photographers being charged up to $30,000 to actually have that book published. So what are we talking about here? Are we really talking about books that need to exist? Are we talking about books that have an audience? Why is it that the publisher is so scared to um, fund it themselves? Well, of course, there are all sorts of discussions here around distribution. In particular, the title of a book has to be Amazon-friendly now. But what it all comes down to, I believe, is one word, and that one word is expectation. What is the expectation of the publisher? What is the expectation of the of the photographer? And I suppose what what joins those two words, uh, those two areas together, is audience. What's the audience for this book? And in reality, these kinds of photo books are selling very small numbers. They're selling between 500 and 1,000 or so. I can remember talking to the people at Thames & Hudson, oh, 10, 15 years ago, and being told that the David Bailey books and the Cartier-Bresson books, that they were producing them, they were known to produce, were still only selling a few thousand copies. These are big names. So how's somebody with their first book ever going to achieve those kinds of sales? Well, it's going to be pretty difficult. You've either got to have an audience that's already in place and is desperate to purchase your book, or alternatively, you've got to build an audience for that book before that book comes out. And there are a number of independent publishers who are really good at that. And as I said at the beginning of this uh, podcast, there are links uh, on the United Nations of photography.com website where you can read articles why well, I go into more detail about this but I think what I'm really starting to talk about at this point is why are you making the book? There was a time of course when the book the artifact that that physical element to your work was a kind of a an end goal the end of a long project, the end of a long career. And therefore, you were able, by that point, to give a reason as to why that book should exist, either to yourself or to the publisher. And in those days, the publisher did pay. I can remember the first time I heard um, of a publisher being paid by the photographer, and I was told this, so I think it's true, was by the photographer Albert Watson um, on his book Cyclops, and he was so determined that the print quality was going to be incredible and the design and everything. He wanted to control it, that he paid. And I think it was around £60,000 or dollars. I'm not sure. But that was the first time I heard about that. And I think that must have been the early 1990s. What we're talking about today isn't new. But what we are talking about today, which is new, is the huge surge in independent publishing. And that's something I'm going to talk a little bit more about next week. When we started in, or I started, asking people to join us on the podcast to explain what photography meant to them, it was always the uh, aim to ensure that we had some great names that you may recognise, some photographers who are really interesting that you may not, but also some people just starting out. And it seemed to me really relevant at this point that um, with so many photographers just leaving university and graduating that we have somebody who did graduate quite recently and hear from them their take on what photography means to them. So this week I'm really pleased to welcome Sadie Catt. Uh, Born and raised in Brighton in in England on the south coast, Um, Sadie says that she uses photography as a creative tool in which to understand and confront prominent issues of the modern day inspired by themes of introspection, identity, and the female perspective. Sadie graduated from the University of the West of England in 2018, and her project, Woodstock, which I have to say, well, that was the, the body of work that first caught my eye, I was the recipient of a Special Mention Award at Free Range 2018, and was selected for Cream 18 with the crane Cowman Gallery. She was also selected by the British Journal of Photography as one of eight photographers shortlisted, to receive a Fractured Stories commission, and her work has been recognised by platforms such as MC Saatchi, Little Stories, Unveiled, and Splash and Grab magazine. Whilst developing new personal work, Sadie works as an assistant uh, creative director for the independent photo book publisher The Lost Light Recordings, who recently launched books by photographers Sean Ober Smith and Ben Ingham.
1: Hi, my name is Sadie Kat, and I predominantly work with analogue photography. Um, I use natural light, and I guess I kind of specialise in portraiture. Um, what photography means to me is a really tricky question, and it's taken a lot of thinking for me to come to some sort of answer. Um, but what I've landed on is... Um, Taking photos and working particularly with personal projects um, and kind of all of the things that come under that umbrella, whether that's um, talking to other people about a topic or um, sketchbooking and and, um, researching around a topic and other photography that's been made about that topic has really enabled me to um, not it's not therapy and it's not I don't know maybe it's a therapeutic act to um, acknowledge what's happened or what's happening or the things that I'm not comfortable with that um, are in the society around me or my personal history or my family's history or um, things I was witness to when I was younger Um, it's really become something that Is enabled me to um, educate myself. And, you know, they say there's knowledge and power, and I think there's a lot of power in educating yourself about yourself and where you came from and, and what makes you tick the way you tick or kind of react the way you react or, yeah, anything like that. It's... Photography's meant that I can... Teach myself about myself and in the same um, in the same notion, teach other people completely honestly and intimately about um, me and then therefore how they can relate to that or how everyone is is dealing with things that happened. 100 years ago 50 years ago 20 minutes ago as well as everything that they're already worrying about is coming ahead of them and I think the intimate work that I make and just being that bare and raw and facing your demons to that extent has meant a lot of people around me have become more open and I think that's a really powerful thing so so Sorry about the train in the background, but yeah, I think I think that's really powerful, beautiful thing, and and photography's done a lot for me, especially through my teens, um just enabling me to acknowledge what's happening or what has happened in a way that's um, empowering and making something beautiful out of something scary and horrible. And just confronting stuff that's uncomfortable. I've learned that there's a lot of um, positives in that. But at the same time, it's now become quite scary because I've kind of got so deep in. I'm quite um, young. I've recently come out of education. I'm pretty new to the industry. And now I'm thinking about photography much more as a career than a creative outlet or... I don't know, it's still something that I'm just expressing myself with but I also am kind of aiming to I guess earn money from that at some stage Um, not just through personal projects but you know, being a photographer both personally and professionally um, and that's now actually really scary there's not a clear path for me um, in what I personally do Um, and Yeah, so it's put a bit more of an edge on it, rather than just being something really comfortable and just for myself. So that's what photography means to me. Thank you, Grant, for having me on. And um, yeah.
0: Thank you, Sophie, for your contribution this week. Um, I think a passionate um, view there, an insight into what it's like to be a young photographer taking those first steps. When I started to talk about um, this publishing uh, situation on Twitter last week, somebody came back to me and made a whole sort of series, I suppose, of comments concerning the fact that I was being really pessimistic and that the outlook I have is pessimistic. Um, I don't see it as pessimism. I see it as kind of realistic optimism, but they also raised the point, and as well we're discussing this week about i suppose established publishers that there were lots of great publishers out there, and that they were doing great stuff and and I agree I mean you know they but this person particularly cited Stiedl, um the German publisher and Rosoli, the italian um stroke American publisher and I thought well i'll I'll have a look into the reality of that situation unfortunately as far as Stiedl is concerned. I knew because I'd seen the film um, How to Make a Book with Stiedel, which I do recommend if you're interested in getting an insight in how photography books are made. Um, and within that book, Gerhard uh, Stiedel actually um, very clearly um, says that without the publishing of Gunter Grass's The Tin Drama and other Gunter Grass uh, novels, Stiedel wouldn't make any money. And within that film, you also see him creating... Uh, very expensive kind of brochure type things really for Karl Lagerfeld obviously another income and also creating a book for a a Saudi prince another form of income that helps them fund uh, perhaps work by more esoteric photographers. Rizzoli I couldn't find out very much at all about um, apart from the fact that um, their books are very expensive very beautiful and they've got a very nice shop in New York but There's always another story behind these situations. And to think that such publishers are making big money or making enough money out of producing photography books only is more than just a little bit naive, I think. Anyway, um, I hope this week that's been of some interest. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, independent publishing and the rise of digital publishing. Up until then, take care.